0: hot grits episode six still coronavirusing uh easter we're recording this on easter sunday travis Jadon and spencer maddox um got uh i think this is probably the episode that i'm most excited to do so far spencer just because there's so many random little things that i think are hilarious and also like just symptomatic
1: of the fact that there are no sports uh how you hanging uh I'm in the exact same place I was last week. I mean, have you shaved yet? Outside of the times I've hung out with you, I haven't really seen a warm body. So, yeah,
0: yeah. Um, man, the last two times I hung out with you, I lost money because I'm I'm just awful at poker. It's incredible how bad I am.
1: Yeah, you're getting better though. I'm gonna keep telling you that, so you keep coming. You're getting better. I know. Yeah,
0: like I'm I'm the ideal guy to have in a poker game.
1: Uh, just, like, guaranteed
0: money toward the pot because I'm definitely not going to win.
1: And, of course, I've been, you know, I've been in the top three every time and have won, like, one game, so. Yeah, you would
0: keep track of uh, top threes. Yeah. Top
1: three finishes in games that pay
0: out only to the winner.
1: Exactly. Well, um, you, I'm there. In you other know. words, who gives a shot I'm, that you can not the top there. There. You know, I'm consistently better than the rest of you, but, you know, the cards fall where they may
0: yeah, I could see how you could convince yourself of that. Exactly. Um, we have uh, some UFC and wrestling. I guess I'll call it news to get to, not exactly news. Um, we're gonna touch on that. We're gonna do our in honor of Easter. We're going to do our favorite sports resurrection. So favorite comebacks uh, that we either you know we're we're at the event live, or we're watching it live on TV, or in some cases apart of the games, and uh, we're going to do that in honor of, obviously, Jesus' goat. when it comes to resurrections, returning from the dead, is, is all-time. All-time uh, comeback. Yeah, so these would all be close seconds to that,
1: or maybe not so close seconds. Just uh, um, slightly ahead of Tiger Woods coming back after resurrection.
0: Right. Yeah, just just
1: ahead, finishing just ahead. Yeah.
0: Uh, So we're going to do that. We'll do our sports resurrections. Todd Gurley swerves on Deion Sanders. That's going to be awesome to talk about. I can't wait to talk about that. The Falcons have new jerseys, but still don't have a pass rush. Uh, And then maybe, (laughs) and maybe some NFL draft stuff if we have time. Um, But Spencer, let's start with your boy, uh, Dana White, who for 48 hours was the Prince of the people. He had UFC 249 scheduled Mortal Kombat style on an Island. Uh, that he procured somehow or another, um, yeah, and he then had
1: me hyped for UFC. That's saying, yeah, party.
0: you're easily hyped, but the, I was I was always sort of like pissed that Dana White thought this was going to work, and then after it actually was announced, I was like, well, shit, I guess he pulled it off, and he made a chump out of me because not even 48 hours later, the entire thing is called off because of pushback from Disney and ESPN. Uh, and so Dana White immediately folds uh, yeah. folds Camp and then goes on a sort of media blitz and just starts bitching and moaning everywhere he can that he's a tough guy and that nothing's ever stopped him before. So, of course, a worldwide pandemic would not be able to stop him now. Um, I don't know. I I'm, I'm um, basically come out of this thinking that Dana White is such a douche.
1: I, I don't know how to feel about it because we don't know how that conversation went down. He said it was the highest of high ups at at Disney and ESPN so you got to think the chairman of the board one of those kind of people somebody who could actually threaten something that Dana White cares about I, I don't yeah know. you know it they had to have, they had to have said we'll kill your contract we'll we'll do something and I'm thinking they're they're that scared of an outbreak. I mean, I guess all it would take is one death stemming from that event and that's a catastrophic loss for their their bottom line. I don't know. I don't think that even would make a dent. You? I mean... Mm, No, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I'm with you that we don't know.
0: I mean, it's like you said at the beginning. We don't know how the conversation went down. But just the optics of... How and this is, I guess, this is really what bothered me the most out of the whole thing. And I told, I talked to you about this before. Dana White was kind of not so subtly saying, and other people were saying this for him too, that in a time when Americans and people across the world kind of don't have anything to do and are in a lot of cases down and out about there being no sports, Dana White is the prince of the people because he's going to give them sports. Yeah. He's going to do it. He's going to do it. You know, just because he's looking out for him. But then, uh, you know, it's kind of assumed, but also not really highlighted that the thing is a pay-per-view fight. Uh, If he really, really and I don't blame him for making it a pay-per-view fight. It's a no-does decision. But if Dana White is supposedly doing it for the people, it would not be, uh, you know, what is it? 80 bucks, 60 bucks for the fight. That's not doing it for the people. That's doing it because the numbers will be outrageous, and well, that makes sense.
1: But just say that. Uh, I've thought of this. I've thought of this before too. And now that we know what we know, it's almost. I'm I'm assuming ESPN shot him down immediately. You, you can't stream this on ESPN. Yeah. Um, so that that kind of makes sense. I mean, you got to pay the fighters. They are risking their. You know, which obviously
0: risk- means that Dana White
1: <laughs> himself is the one that leaked it. Yeah, media, so it
0: could be announced because ESPN certainly wasn't wasn't gonna leak it if they They or announce it. Yeah,
1: I mean, I I, I've kind of swayed back and forth on this. I think if you could hold a sporting event, you morally (laughs) morally obliged to almost during that. Yeah, like you know what I mean. Like
0: yeah, that and that's a different topic, I guess. But I agree with you on that, and I think I just started to come around to that camp so basically i guess the two sides would be you're morally obligated to protect your employees and protect your assets and protect the public by staying away and staying shut down okay and that makes sense and i think that's just kind of what i thought for a large part of this beginning of the coronavirus right yeah but then now like what you just said and i've heard a couple other media people say it not a lie, but you could make an argument just the opposite you're morally obligated if you can produce a product that will undeniably lift the morale yeah if only for a short time and you have the ability to do it but you're not because you don't want to be the first one out or you don't want to you don't want to take a hit financially that that is <clears throat> yeah how is-, is that my, you could
1: argue is morally wrong to not play so absolutely. That's, that's where I'm, that's where I'm sitting now. And if we're going to call sports figures heroes, which we do all the time. Yeah. Now is their time to step up, you know? And oh, yeah, I, but I'm not
0: putting it on like,
1: of course, it, these it's are white guys in suits that are
0: deciding all this. I yeah. Mean, Adam exactly. Silver is not a hero. Uh Roger Goodell is uh, not a hero. Bob, Bob Manfred's definitely not a hero. Like uh, these commissioners <laughs> are not here, but Like, it's just the logistics of all of it, because, uh, and this kind of is a good segue, Spencer, if you want, I got to talk about wrestling for a second. Uh, Wrestling is the most arrogant entity I've ever seen. I've never paid attention to wrestling until now, because, you know, sadly, it's like the only thing going. Uh, A couple of takes on this. Wrestling has been producing events or whatever in Florida uh, and streaming them on Monday, Monday Night Raw on USA and then Friday Night Smackdowns on Fox. <clears throat> um, and No
1: fans, I'm, until, I'm
0: No fans, yeah. And until yesterday, April 11th, when the, they had no cases of the coronavirus throughout, and that means everyone, people involved in logistics, the actual talent, uh, you know, everyone involved uh, until yesterday when the New York Post said WWE has its first case of coronavirus. So imagine that uh, the only thing going gets coronavirus like almost immediately after it starts going. And it is a media or it's someone like an on screen talent, it's not an actual wrestler.
1: Yeah. But
0: all of all of I've seen on Twitter and Facebook and everything is people saying at least there's one sport. Or, uh, you know, sports are back kind of with wrestling. Like, it that upsets me a great deal because sports are not back because wrestling is not a sport. <laughs> and yeah, and everyone sport. can agree on that. Like, even wrestlers can agree on that. Even the WWE can agree on that. Like, If
1: anything, it's a violent dance.
0: Yeah, and the thing, I guess the counter argument that I always hear, which is equally as stupid as pro wrestling itself is, is, Oh, these guys are really talented. They're athletic. You couldn't do that. Well, duh. I mean like uh, accountants, uh, CPA, those people are talented. Uh, You know, I couldn't do that. Uh, Teachers are talented. I couldn't do that. That doesn't make it a sport because it takes talent. You know what I mean?
1: I do. I know exactly what you mean. And And like I said, violent dance, dude. Yeah, we're,
0: at, like, some of us are, at, are like, depressed that there are no sports, and so it's like bringing a, uh, it's like bringing a crackhead, like a five-hour energy, and, yeah. saying, and saying, saying, like, here, fulfilling.
1: Saying wrestling is a sport is a reach, and reach is a toothbrush, job.
0: Reach is a toothbrush, and
1: <laughs> I don't know any other brands of toothbrush. That's an inside
0: joke from our poker yeah. game last night, uh,
1: <laughs> the pressure
0: was at its highest when I was I kind of teed myself up to name another toothbrush brand and then I choked. I couldn't think of another toothbrush brand.
1: I still can't name another toothbrush brand. Yeah, people
0: were throwing out Aquafresh and Colgate, but nah, those are cheese nah. paste. Completely
1: different industry. I even said Winterfresh. That's gum. Not um, even close. Sorry, I just threw you a hard curveball, didn't I?
0: Well, yeah, I was reading something, but uh, that was indeed a curveball. Listen, here, this is the WWE's quote, and then we'll move on from it, okay? Here's the WWE's quote to the New York Post on April 11th. Quote, we believe it is now more important than ever to provide people with a diversion from these hard times. We are producing content on a closed set with only essential personnel in attendance following appropriate guidelines while taking additional precautions, blah, blah, blah. As a brand that has been woven into the fabric of society, WWE and oh its superstars God. bring families together and deliver oh a sense God. of hope, determination, and perseverance, end quote.
1: I love it, dude. <laughs> As a,
0: let me just go back to that last part. As a brand that has been woven into the fabric of society, <laughs> hell
1: yeah. That's so awesome. Um,
0: if I think of, Bring- quote, bringing families together, I don't think of WWE. <laughs> Idiots, man. Just <laughs> morons.
1: What's that guy's name? Vince McMahon?
0: Yeah, but he, I mean, this is just the WWE in general giving
1: the statement to the post. Imagine, imagine where, like, how out of touch with reality you have to be to say that about wrestling. Un. Believable bro. I I wonder and I'm trying to- Lives on Mars. The
0: guy who wrote this, um Joseph something, but that begins with an S. I can't pronounce it. Sorry, Joe, if you're listening. Uh, I wonder what his reaction was when he got that quote. I'm sure he just lost it.
1: (laughs) Woven into the fabric of America. Yeah.
0: Just like uh, you know, Chevrolet baseball apple apple pie and the WWE unreal man (laughs) the arrogance of pro wrestling has just gotten to me this last few days i'm so so
1: glad i didn't i'm so glad i didn't read that quote before (laughs) well so
0: awesome uh
1: you know so this
0: wrestling has been bothering me so much that i decided we needed to spend at least 10 minutes on it to start the show excellent all right, let's let's uh, let's do these uh, greatest resurrections uh, in honor of the goat, Jesus, and resurrecting on Easter. Uh, we're recording this Sunday night, April 12th, Easter Sunday. Uh, so we're just going to rattle off some of the most notable comebacks that, that we've liked and some of the best comebacks in sports that, that we've you know seen on TV or, or been around. So you know, in other words, we're not going back. Very far, but yeah. there's a, there's enough that we've seen in our lifetime that I think this is worthy to make a resurrection list for sure. You wanna yeah. you wanna start
1: you wanna start Spencer? You wanna start with mine? I mean, yeah, you, just yeah, just rattle
0: off one if you want.
1: I'll g- I'll go the the one that uh, jumps to mind immediately. There was actually two that are kind of tied together. Was that Western Conference Finals? Oklahoma City Thunder and uh, Golden State Warriors. Golden State came back from 3-1. And then immediately followed that up with losing a 3-1 themselves to the Cavs. Oh, uh, yeah. But that that first one, it's, it was notable because I was watching that game six. Uh, I watched every second of that game. and I, I couldn't put it down. It was, I mean, one of the best basketball games I've ever seen in my entire life. And Klay Thompson dropped like 40-something points. I don't know he he went off and every time he touched the ball it was going in the in the hoop uh that one and obviously Cavs 3-1 um i got a few of them that are like that like series wins yeah and your... see,
0: so you're kind of lucky because you're you're a hawks fan but like you don't have like when you're watching lebron play the warriors back then you yeah. you, you truly and this is rare like and i can say this about you you like you truly come to those games Like you know, watch them on TV with no rooting interest at all. You just want to watch the basketball games. Yeah. And that you're kind of lucky in that way because you don't you don't get like you just get to enjoy all of it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I I kind of find myself rooting against LeBron in those situations. So I like yeah I remember that comeback, and obviously it was incredible and you know, like cool to witness it, I guess. But yeah, I didn't like. I'm not gonna list that because I don't like that that happened. I would have rather the Warriors won.
1: You, you see what yeah, I mean? I would have too, honestly. I mean, I you know I dislike LeBron as a person, but I mean, <laughs> I, I like. You know, yeah. I just hate LeBron and everything. Yeah, just as a human being. Yeah, but I like watching him play basketball. I I do like actively root against him, but there were things I didn't like about that Warriors team. I love Steph. I love Clay, but there were things I did, I, I don't. I didn't really like Draymond at the time. I've come around to him, but. Yeah, I, I had it I was kind of rooting for both sides to fail, I guess, that game. Yeah, it's wild that
0: we haven't heard anything out of Draymond Green all year
1: cuz he
0: and his team have just been getting their ass kicked up and down the floor. It's crazy yeah. how quickly that'll make you kind of quieter, you know.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah up real quick. Uh
0: notable comebacks. I got to start with Celtics Lakers 08 Finals Game 4. Celtics uh, up 2-1 in the series, complete the biggest comeback. In the NBA finals since 1971. They're down 24 late in the second quarter, 18 at halftime, and then they just kicked Kobe's ass all up and down the fourth. 23 to 3 run in the second half. Uh, or a 23 to 3 run. This is crazy. The Celtics went on a 23 to 3 run in the last five minutes of the game to close out the Lakers and take a 3 1 seriously. They ended up winning at six, uh, and they won 97 91.
1: Who was who was the finals MVP that year? That was right. That was uh that would, Paul Pierce, the, right? the truth. Paul Pierce. Yeah, I remember. I I like wanted Ray Allen to win Finals MVP. Like really wanted to that for him, and he kind of disappeared in that finals, didn't he?
0: Well, he, the thing is, like, uh, I think that Ray Allen like was so good in those first three rounds, and he was like I think pretty undeniably the Celtics best player in those first three rounds. Yeah. I mean, Garnett and Pierce were good too, but like Ray Allen just was everything. And then in the finals, he was just like normal Ray Allen. I mean, he was still good. Yeah. But yeah, he kind of
1: like, it wasn't what we,
0: but he's also guarding Kobe most of the time I would think. And that has a toll on.
1: Yeah. He's, he was also that guy where he would go on stretches where he was unbelievable. And then he would have, a game where he would literally score no points. Like, I remember the, I'm pretty sure there was a game in those playoffs where he had zero points. Yeah, that's Which, well, yeah, and he
0: was like not getting to the line too often because A, yeah. he's shooting from the outside, and B, everyone knew how locked in he was at the line, so no one ever wanted to foul him.
1: Yeah, I didn't want to touch him. Uh, you'll, you want me to go again? Yeah, go ahead. Um, oh, I missed my notes here. Your notes, Oops. don't forget the notes. Whoops. Oh. Curiously enough, I went uh we've got Tiger here again, but I'll go ahead and say Tiger or no, not Tiger, excuse me. Screwing up.
0: Tiger's a comeback too. We can go ahead and listen to that. We've talked about that enough.
1: This this actually really isn't a comeback, but Nick Faldo over Greg Norman at the 96 Masters. That's
0: that's awesome, but you didn't see that. I
1: I did. I saw it with that. I just don't remember it. Fair. I'm counting it though. That's fair. Yeah, I was I was actually talking to him about this before the podcast, and I was like, "Is there anything you like any comebacks you remember watching with me?" And he was he said he, that was the one he he listed off immediately. Um, so yeah, Greg Norman was up by like a gazillion strokes, and then choked it all the way to Nick Faldo, who's now in the booth.
0: You know what I'm thinking now because you you brought, you brought up your dad, and sorry to just completely. Uh, not even acknowledge what you just said, but you brought up your dad <laughs> and who is a God-fearing man. Uh, I wonder if he would put Lazarus, number two, behind Jesus and then all the sports comebacks. I forgot mm. Lazarus
1: also raised from dead. I did forget Lazarus. Dude, mul-
0: the Bible, multi,
1: multi-use of the resurrection theme and model. Yeah. Man, th- they didn't even want Lazarus to touch. They didn't even want him to touch Lazarus too. The first Corona yeah. like
0: victim might have been Lazarus. Like he's forced to quarantine himself. They didn't <laughs> know what was going on. Everyone's washing their hands when they come in contact with him. Good point with Lazarus. Then. People people sleep on Lazarus. They do. Um, what about Spencer? This is a random one. Uh, Georgia Southern George Mason
1: basketball in twenty eighteen. We were both there. Yeah. That was my first. Uh, I wasn't a writing assignment, but I was learning how to write there. Because I okay,
0: yeah. So I was covering the game, and I, I remembered that you were there. But I, before the show, I was thinking like, why was Spencer there? Because we were living together at the time. We were roommates. Yeah. And and you know, I was like, maybe he's just bored and he wanted to go see because George Mason kind of a semi national brand. No. I mean,
1: I had I had uh, like a week later. I had my first writing assignment.
0: So you had to for... come and shadow me.
1: Yeah, basically. Okay, so uh,
0: yeah, I probably wanted you to do that so you could figure out how to do the box scores, which is still, yeah, which you still I never
1: figured that's... out how to do. I suck at that.
0: Um, Georgia Southern ended up winning ninety-eight eighty-nine over George Mason in November of twenty eighteen. Uh, Georgia Southern trailed fifty-four to thirty-four at halftime. That's twenty points for the non-math majors. Uh, George Mason sixty-four percent in the first half shooting. Okay. Listen to how Georgia Southern came back, Spencer. Because I had forgotten how crazy this was. Georgia Southern erased that twenty-point lead only eight minutes into the second half. It took them eight minutes. They shot seventy-eight percent in the second half and outscored George Mason sixty-four to thirty-five. So they won by nine points after trailing by twenty.
1: And they outscored him twenty-nine in the in the second half. I remember shot almost eighty percent. We. we were having a conversation at the beginning of the second half and I like looked up and it went from being down 20 to being like down 10 in like no time at all. It was, it was unbelievable how fast it happened. Yeah.
0: And for me, it was kind of shitty. Cause I remember, uh, and, uh, our friend, Mike Anthony was there for the Statesboro Herald. Yeah. And
1: Mike Those and Mike I and I were
0: like, considering on like, maybe we can grab a beer after this. Like our game stories were already basically written. At halftime, because we're, you know, and then we're going to fill it in with quotes and bang it and get out of it. And (laughs) I just remember I spent the whole second half looking up from my laptop and catching the plays. And in between plays, Spencer, I wasn't writing like I usually would have been. I was just clicking backspace. So I was just (laughs) deleting, I was just deleting everything. Yeah, I, mean, I was just the whole time I was like, these mother, they're gonna, they're the Georgia Sun definitely yeah. coming back 100%. Like, yeah, that was that's a journalist nightmare. Yeah,
1: my kids with a deadline, <laughs> yeah, looming.
0: yeah, and the dominator looming too. Oh man, um, Red Sox Shout in 04, Nathan. Red Sox in 04, down 3 0. Don't let us win this one, Kevin Malah.
1: I think it's, I think it's curious that an excellent quote there, dude. Don't let us win this one. Don't let us win this one. Was a legendary quote. I think it's interesting. Neither one of us have said the Falcons or the Dogs. What do you mean? What comebacks do they have? Oh, they didn't. They were on the other side. Yeah, dude. I keep going. I keep going with. I went Greg Norman. That was a choke. I went with falcons and, that and see show. that might say
0: something more about your fandom than
1: anything else that you're so used to viewing comebacks
0: from the absolutely like, from the other side yeah you're just so jaded from like comebacks when you hear that word you're like fuck come fuck comebacks like i don't like comebacks <laughs> comeback is oh yeah you yeah. you like you pick all chalk in your ncaa tournament brackets r.i.p ncaa yeah. tournament brackets oh man yeah Um, All right. I got a few other random ones, Spencer. I was going to rattle off unless you got one more one you want to talk about. All right. um, right. USA soccer in 2010 group stage. I remember I was on, I had just graduated high school. This is June 2010 and uh, USA needs to win over Algeria to advance uh, to the round of 16. And I'm in Tampa with my family vacationing. And I remember my whole family was so pissed because I wouldn't leave the condo and go down to the beach. Because I was just locked into in. this, like, well, for the whole week. Because, I, like, they had beaten England earlier in the group or tied England. Yeah, or yeah, and yeah. I was just, like, for that month, I was, like, so invested in this team. And I really, like. They lost, the, they lost to Ghana that year, right? Uh, I, maybe. I don't remember in 2010. Yeah. But um, Landon Donovan scores in extra, like, in extra time. Of regulation to win one nothing. And I remember like the sliding glass doors at the beach condo we had in Tampa were open. And my family's probably like 500 yards away down the beach. Um, So I can see them, but I can't really hear them and they can't hear me. But when Donovan scored that goal, I started losing it and I screamed so loud. This is the game was at like at noon. And I started screaming so loud and I nearly gave my mom. Uh, who Who was a runner back in her day, but is not not exactly quick on her feet now, was like sprinting up the beach because she thought something <laughs> happened to me and I, she and which pissed her off even more when she found out that it was just a goal <laughs> so that 's kind of like my memory of that game, but like that I, that team and those the month of the the months of the USA are in the World cup and they're competitive is it, so fun it 's happened a couple of times. Um but it's so fun. Damn, dude.
1: You just struck fear in my heart thinking about your mom getting angry. Dude. Your mom's anger is something to behold.
0: Yeah. She's a a good woman but a scary woman. Um yeah. Very effective, very efficient in her. Very anger, effective, you know?
1: yeah. Um
0: what about your boy Brooks Conrad hitting a grand salami in May of 2010 the Braves are My
1: boy Brooks Conrad. Yeah, the
0: Braves are down. Uh, 9-3 to the Reds with one out in the ninth. And they score uh, seven runs without recording an out. Win 10-9 on a Brooks Conrad walk-off grand slam. The Braves had six straight players reach base ahead of Brooks Conrad's grand slam. All total, Spencer, listen to this. The seven runs the Braves scored in the ninth inning that day. And I think if this was like Mother's Day or Father's Day or so, something like that. It was like a Sunday afternoon game. Right, Braves have packed it in. They're probably going on the road later that night. Uh, all told, it took 27 minutes. Total.
1: Unbelievable. Total to
0: score that. So, like, nowadays there'd be pitching changes every two batters. Like, they wouldn't be messing yeah. around. But they just were pinging balls. And Brooks, Brooks Salami hit one
1: for the walk-off. So. Well- Hopefully with the new rule changes, we'll see more stuff like that.
0: Yeah, I mean, or at the very least, it'll be quicker,
1: which needs yeah. to
0: happen. Um, all right, yeah, that's all I really got for Sports Resurrections. Uh,
1: in oh, that's, of these the same, that's the same Brooks Conrad, that uh, friend of the podcast, by the way, that laid Bobby Cox to rest.
0: That's right, yeah. In rest. San Francisco, yeah, yeah. Bobby Cox's last year managing, uh, Brooks
1: Conrad forgot how to field the ground
0: ball, just became Chuck Knoblock right in front of our eyes
1: and killed
0: Bobby. Yeah. Cox Bobby Cox had already said he's going to retire, had the grave already dug, uh, tombstone <laughs> tombstone written, nice script writing, but Brooks Conrad went ahead and grabbed the shovel and just started throwing <laughs> the dirt on Cox, and just single-handedly. He shouldn't have taken his glove to the field is what like he, cause he had a better shot of catching them barehanded. I mean, that always cracks me up. Yeah. Sure. Bruce Conrad's the worst. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's talk about this girly thing quickly, Spencer, and then we'll wrap okay. it up. What uh, Have you seen uh, as a Falcons fan? Yeah. All
1: right. Um, yeah, yeah.
0: Let's start with this, and then we'll work our way into girly and prime time, but I'll just give you a couple seconds. I'm going to say a sentence, and you can finish it, all right?
1: The Atlanta Falcons' new jerseys are blank. Horrible to me. Every, every young person I've talked to says they like them, which is – Unbelievable! that, they look like an XFL jersey to me. I I have a feeling that you think the same.
0: Yeah, there's the first. I'm just marking this down. It's the first time you've used
1: the term "young people" on the podcast, and that's unfortunate. That's a moment in time. Well, I, sorry, yeah, we're we're getting old. That's. I I talked to my my younger cousin, who's like, he's a fashion guy. He's really into to sneakers. Yeah, he's a sneakerhead, and he thinks they're cool. He really likes the big lettering. I don't get it. I just don't get it. Maybe the times have passed me by.
0: I I don't I guess I'm not like gonna give a take like they don't look good to me, but I don't like I don't like I'm a Dolphins fan and I don't like the Dolphins jerseys. I've never really liked the Dolphins, but I don't really care that much about it.
1: Like Dolphins have dolphins have tough jerseys, dude. It's I mean, what do you do with that color scheme? It's not great, yeah. And for a team like the
0: Browns are shitty, but if you wear browns colors and browns gear, you can kind of weave that into some other clothing. Like it's not, you know. I like the stand- I actually like mm-hmm. like the black brown jerseys. Those are cute. yeah, those are tight. And like, it's not like you're gonna yeah. stand out in a crowd. But if I wear any Dolphins gear, like I look like
1: you, you look know, horrible. Just
0: complete teal, I would say
1: horrible. I still, you know, look really, look like really weird, too human. You know what I mean? Like, um, no, I don't really know. What you mean I think I look really, <laughs> really
0: good at all times, but the teal is just not. It's tough, like you said. I yeah. think what's crazy to me about this Falcons thing is that they, like, people care a great deal about jerseys. Like, yeah. I mean, I didn't. I guess I was naive. I just didn't think that it was that. Well, I mean, everyone had a take you, on these things.
1: Did you see the the video the Carolina Panthers put together? Yeah,
0: that was a quality troll Dude, job.
1: Excellent troll, all time troll job. Yeah, Freaking excellent. Makes sense coming from so the enough Panthers. About- Enough about these jerseys, though, dude. We're not, we're not fashion. All jerseys. right, all right. the 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 thing with with Todd Gurley, man. And if you don't know, uh, Deion Sanders basically said that he doesn't give Todd Gurley his blessing to wear number twenty one, which he has no say. And in, really. Todd Gurley didn't ask him. Yeah, and Todd Gurley didn't ask him. the The thing is, Atlanta sports fans, it's almost like we have an awkward conversation to have with Deion Sanders. You know what I mean? Like,
0: yeah, it's long overdue, bro, like um yeah. We like to have I you mean, we, and like one like you know plus one over for dinner sometime and he walks in the room and yeah. it's like a it's circle. not you,
1: it's me. Right. It's, uh, i'm dude, like Did you get some tea? He, There's some tea over there. First off, he was a cornerback. Right. I mean, cool. That's cool. Okay. You, you didn't you, you're not a wide receiver, you're not Julio Jones. And what did he play? Like how how many seasons was Dion in Atlanta? So
0: I, I mean I don't I didn't like look up
1: his number, but that I guess that's what I had written down too. Kind of it's
0: like is Dion worthy of like Falcons and if he's only a Falcons player, like is he yeah. worthy of these kind of like dema- like verbal no. demands? Because I don't know, I'm the not a Falcons. About- I think Dion's cool as hell, but I don't yeah. know if like his Falcons legend is like that.
1: No, I'll, yeah, I'll probably piss off a lot of people by saying that. And I, dude, I love Deion Sanders. He was a superstar in terms of how he spanned both sports. That was awesome. And that was, like, a really cool time for Atlanta because you had him playing both sports. It was, like, a lot of media coverage around that. But in a vacuum as a football player, he would never get his jersey retired.
0: Yeah, and, like, the Falcons didn't – I mean, this is right, isn't it? The Falcons have never, like – officially done anything with his jersey. They're not like retired.
1: No. There's no he's not it's not yeah. like a ring of honor or anything like that. Like Yeah. I don't I don't think so. <laughs> it I it's it's telling that I don't know. That's Right. Saying. I feel like there's
0: other guys like I mean like Jamal Anderson comes in mind. I mean Roddy yeah.
1: White, of course. But running back Jamal Anderson, let's be uh, yeah. clear, not the defensive correct.
0: end correct. Yeah. I mean if you're listening to this and you thought I was referring to the defensive end, um Email us at hotgritspod at gmail.com. Our younger
1: younger listeners won't remember Jamal Anderson, the running back. They'll remember the bust at defense. And
0: for the younger people out there. uh,
1: The younger people. uh,
0: Who's more famous in the state of Georgia amongst uh, 15 to 30-year-olds, Deion Sanders or Todd Gurley?
1: Todd Gurley. I think so, too. Point one in the story, yeah.
0: So it's like, maybe yeah, Dion should be like, maybe Dion it. should be honored that like, he should have released a statement saying, I'm honored that someone. Yeah. Interesting yeah, that was, Gurley's it. back in the news about jerseys too. Yeah. Did you notice that? You, Cause you remember when Gurley ran into some trouble with the free TG hashtags, uh, when he was in college for the Jersey gate, like when he sold his Jersey or whatever, do you, um, do you remember yeah. this? No, not No, Yeah, really. he was, sus- along he was suspended. Well, don't ever do that. Um, <laughs> he was suspended while at Georgia because of uh, uh, like a memorabilia dealer or something like uh, he sold his jersey to this memorabilia dealer and the guy like sat on the information for a while
1: and then just like leaked it. Damn. While at Georgia. So I thought that was funny. Uh, Todd Gurley Jersey Confrontation 2.0. Yeah, I mean, or controversy. Excuse me. Yeah. Um.
0: All right. Anything else with the NFL? Uh, we'll talk about the NFL draft before before it happens. Uh, April 23rd to April 25th is the NFL draft, which promises to be an absolute circus, uh, and I right. cannot wait.
1: I, I did want to ask you one more thing in regards to Todd. Shoot. Uh, I've I've heard you say that you didn't understand the move by Todd Gurley. And curiously, wait, enough, wait, wait. A lot of, you mean by the a, Falcons or by? Yeah. By the Falcons to sign him. I know. I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Do you really? Like, a lot of GMs. I read this on the athletic the other day. There was a great article uh, about the Falcons where GMs around the league were basically saying they didn't get it. They didn't get the Falcons plan. It kind of, I mean, it makes a lot of sense to me if you're going to go defense heavy in the draft, but again, I'm not like, I mean, you know, I love Falcons and, but I'm not like a football analyst guy. That's not my area of expertise. Uh, What, what do what takeaways do you have for that? Do you think the Falcons could shore up their defense entirely through the draft or do they have more work to do in free agency?
0: No, I mean, I think like in this draft and I don't know off the top of my head, like, like, you know, if they have an abundance of picks or just a regular amount or whatever, but I think that from what everything I can tell, everyone seems to think this draft is as deep as it's ever been. And I know, I know that sounds cliche. And that's usually the kind of shit I would yeah. make fun of, but there, like yeah. I went back and looked cause I was like, they say that shit every year, but no, actually like, when you go back and look at analysis of last year's draft and 2016, 2017, admittedly, they said was a deep draft 2016. Like they said, it was extremely thin and top heavy. And same thing for last year. So it's not always like that. Um, and just like looking at some of the position rankings and you start going down to the guys that are ranked 11 through 20 at each position. So in other words, third to fifth round guys. Uh, there are yeah. a lot of guys that like on that list that a regular football fan will read and be like, oh, I know him. Oh, he's good. I like him. Oh, I know him. Yeah, yeah. And exactly. I don't know what that means, but I think that means that you can find starters – You know, if you have five rounds, three, four, five, right. Which is not always true. Yeah. Um, Before we close out, Gurley suspended October 2014, four games for uh, selling uh, a jersey. Also in 2010, AJ Green got four games for selling a bowl jersey after,
1: after the bowl. He sold it. Yeah, that was the that was the suspension I remembered. It was like AJ Green? AJ Green received eight hundred dollars for the jersey,
0: and the NCAA treated him uh, like public enemy number one.
1: There's no there's no answer to that problem. There. They
0: are the worst. Um, all right, anything else from you, Penny Maddox?
1: Good, right, thank man. you
0: guys for listening. We are on Apple Podcasts now. Super pumped about that. That makes it easier for yeah. uh, all, yeah, all you iPhone listeners. Like, um, It's just tremendously like easy to do now. I mean, I can't even describe it. It's just like two clicks. Apple Podcasts, you search Hot Grits Podcast. scroll down to the bottom, uh, um, rate it five stars, and then scroll back to the top and click that subscribe button. You can follow on Twitter at hot or at HG pod. Um, and, uh, I guess until next time, wash your hands, you filthy animals.